Today's sponsor comes from Herb and Eden. If you're looking for exclusive natural and organic wellness soaps, oils, scrubs, and other wellness products, you can receive a 15% off discount just from being one of our Smart Jewels listeners by clicking the link that is in our show notes and shop Herb and Eden. You heard the introduction by Brother Toby Nwigwe, or Nwigwe. Uh He is uh, hailing out of Houston. He just literally, I think, got the keys to the city. Uh, so the name of that song and the introduction is called Shine, and it's by an artist who's a, a rapper that happens to be Christian. He's taken uh, the world by storm, and uh, he's definitely a lyricist. So shout out to Toby. Uh, in the shine. Uh, so we are literally on episode 19. We've all almost made it to 20 episodes thus far of the Run the Jewels uh, vidcast podcast series. Uh, I'm your your main host, uh, King Jewels, uh, aka Jewels. Uh, to most of you all, we're definitely going to be uh, talking all things uh, professional and public speaking this entire month of April. Uh, going into May, it's going to be a very different segment, but I'm going to wait to the last episode to uh, disclose what the next theme is going to be for May. But we're on the line with a very special guest. He's actually a veteran guest. He's been on the segment at least two times thus far since we started in February. The first time the Internet wasn't trying to have us be great. And so I was like, I had to bring back my main man, Zach. Uh, to be able to share some more jewels with you all. Uh, he is uh, hailing here in Atlanta. Uh, and um, Most of you all uh, that have been paying attention uh, know that he's speaking from um, his perspective and working uh, as an ambassador, an officer, and also definitely a recruiter in many ways uh, for Georgia's own credit union. And so, Zach, for those that didn't get to meet you on uh, the last segment that we did, can you tell them a little bit about yourself, bro? Yeah, appreciate it. Good to be on again. Hopefully the internet works a little bit better this time. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so I've been in the credit union industry for going on 10 years now. Um, I've been in the benefit side of things for about four and a half. Uh, and there was a lot of public speaking involved with that benefit side. There's presentations, there's lunch and learn seminars, all that sort of stuff. And um, the part that I find funny is I never thought I would be the person to end up doing that sort of thing, you know. In school, I was always the, I'm going to make the project and let someone else present it. And look at me now. You know, it, it turns out funny sometimes. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes sometimes people see see uh, different gifts uh, in their, their latter years or in their late 20s or early 30s. And so, like you said, um, speaking is a gift, as, as I know you know, bro. And, and talk a little bit uh, about uh, how did you get into uh, working uh, in this field and even uh, tell them where you're from? Uh, tell them a little bit about about what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So originally I'm an Air Force brat. I moved around all the time. My dad was in the Air Force. So it was every you know two to three years I was in a new place. And that kind of started the I had to learn how to meet people. Um, I mean, when you move around a lot, you're meeting new people your age, new adults, all that sort of thing. So that was something that was kind of ingrained on me quickly. Um, the financial industry, I kind of have to give thanks to my grandfather and my stepdad on that one. Um, my stepdad works at a credit union, so that one started, but my grandfather really kind of 
instilled the trying to be responsible and everything from an early age. So there was always kind of an interest and started as a part-time teller at a credit union over in Birmingham where I went to high school and uh, came over to school in Georgia and realized I didn't want to do retail. So kind of applied to a credit union over here in the Atlanta area and ended up getting a job at Georgia Zone. And it's been a long time now, but it's been pretty good. Absolutely. And shout out to uh, Georgia Zone uh, being, again, a, a very infamous credit union. They're actually uh, in uh, a very high building downtown for the Georgia <laughs> University uh, students or even people that are in uh, that Georgia State District. Um, t- tell them, for those that may not know, man, the building that you guys are in now and also just about the credit union itself. Give them yeah, a- yeah. Well, I definitely wouldn't say infamous, but, you know, going from there, uh, it's actually the old Equitable Building. Yeah. Um, right in downtown Atlanta. They've been gone from the city since 1986. And we based here in our 85th anniversary really kind of wanted to make a statement when it comes to the whole nonprofit scene. Um, we put two digital billboards up on the skyline of Atlanta and it's the first ones of their kind. Um, and one of the cool things is we're donating ad space to local organizations, local charities, all that sort of stuff. So it's not like a, a Times Square kind of billboard of just flashing crazy stuff. It's it's really just kind of a name brand and then giving away that ad space to organizations in need. Um, we've worked with some of our partners in the past and, you know, when things are going on along in the area, like you said, Georgia State. When they were in the uh, basketball tournament, March Madness, we actually put them up on the board to, you know, wish them luck and that sort of thing. So it's a cool little, it's a cool little thing. It's something definitely groundbreaking in the Atlanta area. We're pretty proud of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, For those that are are tuning in, uh, we're on the line uh, this evening um, with my main man, uh, Zach Weidman, who is going to be uh, speaking all things from a recruitment standpoint and also how he got into public speaking. Uh, this whole month segments uh, theme for the Run the Jewels um, vidcast podcast series is talking professional speaking and also public speaking. And we're talking to another uh, speaker uh, that is going to be touching on how he prepares uh, for his big presentations. This guy talks to uh, folks that are from Fortune 500 companies all the way down to schools, all the way down to nonprofits. So he's well versed in speaking in different audiences. Definitely a comrade and a friend of mine. Uh, but Zach, like tell tell those who may be uh, listening, like uh, why why is it so important for a company, especially like Georgia's own, to have someone like yourself uh, that is a people's person and that also is comfortable speaking to different audiences? Well, a lot of times we're, the, you know, there needs to be a face of the organization. You have your marketing and you have, you know, your advertising and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes people kind of crave a, a face-to-face interaction. Um, and what I do on the benefits side, I work with some of our partners when it comes to the employee benefits section. So we've got to be able to go in and, you know, show good face for the company. And, and that kind of ends up falling on the shoulders of the business development relationship officers. So. Um, we'll go in and, you know, like you said, there's big companies, there's schools, there's nonprofits. It's all about just kind of figuring out what the company is or what the organization is and trying to meet those needs and listen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're doing the public speaking part, but I mean, it, it's really about understanding what their needs are and trying to listen to those and, and really react to those as best you can. And that's a great point. Stay right there, bro, because yeah. a lot of people that do love to speak. Uh, they don't necessarily know how to listen well. And from 
from you uh, basically you're you're being a, a salesman and a recruiter and a brand ambassador for Georgia's own like talk about why it's so important um, to listen to what your clients needs are just as much as you're speaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest part that everyone kind of jumps to when they hear sales is kind of the used car salesman thing. You know, it's just push it, push it, push it. And you don't really understand what's going towards you. And, you know, you might have questions and it's just, you know, full steam ahead. And often, I, I mean, in my experience, the majority of people don't deal well with that. You know, people tend to shut down and pull back and it's not something that they're interested in. So, when it comes to listening, you know, you might present something, present the idea, the service, and, you know, if they have questions on it or, you know, they are trying to go in another direction, it's being able to identify what that direction is or what they actually need and, and come at it at another approach. I mean, obviously, I'm in sales to an extent, but I'm selling a free product and that kind of makes it easier. Yeah. But especially when it comes to the, you know, the different products and the different services that we offer, it's really just kind of figuring out what that person needs specifically. Yeah, and that's literally a science and an art, an art form. As as you and I have talked, I've seen you in action and seeing, uh, of course, different audiences um, from from uh, my employer all the way uh, to to definitely hearing about your stories and canvassing the Atlanta community. Like, what what has been like your biggest or or most impressive like audience that you've spoken in front of, whether it's for a company, a board, a board meeting, or um, a company's uh, leaders or or their um, decision makers and also like, how was that experience for you? Yeah. Yeah. So what immediately comes to mind is uh, we're also a partner of the Georgia optometric association. Uh, we're the official guardian for them. So, you know, optometrists and their practices can qualify for Georgia's own benefits. Um, I actually had the honor of talking in front of, um, or talking at their annual uh, seminar at their annual conference and just kind of talking about what the credit union was and, I mean, that was a whole nother thing. I, I'll say I'm used to kind of the crap classroom style, you know, maybe 30 people, that sort of thing. But when you're sitting in front of or standing in front of 250 doctors right. and, they're at you and you're not talking anything about eyes or anything that they're you know familiar with, it was a little different kind of thing. But it was it was pretty cool. And, you know, when somebody asks a question, especially in a group that, that big and that kind of shows that you're doing something right, I suppose. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it was. Definitely nerve wracking. I mean, that never goes away. You always get that kind of that kind of nervousness right before you go on and everything. But that was some some special. Yeah. And you always remember those experiences because 250 people, man, that's a lot of people, <laughs> even to some uh, professional speakers that they yeah. have not spoken in front of. So it's really all about just as you said, your comfort level and also your confidence, which is, of course, what we want to touch on more. For those uh, speakers or potential speakers that are watching, whether you're trying to advance in your company uh, that you are working in right now and being a better presenter, a better communicator, or whether you're a business owner and you need to work on, again, your customer relations or even your selling points and being more personable. Uh, talk about like uh, why it's so important, uh, Zach, to have confidence when you're speaking especially from our age, um, from being millennials and Generation Zers to speaking to someone who may be a baby boomer about to retire. And they're looking at us like, what's this young pup or this young this young cat going to teach me or tell me, especially in those in those type of scenarios? Like, why is confidence are so important when you're speaking? Well, what's what's funny when you mentioned the whole kind of young pup kind of thing? It's it's funny being a younger person in the financial industry because trust is always kind of, you know, 
something you got to earn, especially when it comes to people's money, which it entirely should be. I mean, there's been a lot of bad situations, but to answer the question, I go with that trust side. Mm. Uh, If you're confident, you know what you're talking about. You're able to, you know, react to questions or, you know, answer the questions before they even get asked. That trust side's kind of built because it shows that you know what you're talking about. Um, Preparation is the key. I mean, the more times you do it, the better you learn the presentation and the more confident you get in it. But research on the company, research on the employees, you know, uh, research in the field that you're talking about. I mean, really, there's a lot of background work that goes into just talking in front of people. And it's not necessarily something you think about every day, but uh, it's definitely that kind of product knowledge kind of thing that builds the trust. Yeah. And that's a huge uh, component, which is what we were talking a little bit about on the last uh, episode, which uh, which I want you to dive in in like preparation and preparing for different potential clients or current clients. Like um, how do you prepare? Do you, as you said, dive in and know exactly who is in the room in advance? Do you you look at LinkedIn accounts, their profile bios? Like how do you how do you prepare for your presentation? Everything. I mean, one of the easiest ways is just to go to the company's website. You kind of you learn what they do. You learn a lot of times you can tell by the company that is the service or product they provide. You can, you can tell a lot about people just by you know what they're doing every day. Um, obviously, and one of the things I tend to do, obviously, I've got a contact that I work with when it comes to HR or benefits or something like that. And I ask them about the company and the employees as well. You know, what am I dealing with? Am I dealing with people who might have had some issues in the past and might have some trust issues when it comes to you know financial institutions? Am I dealing with people who, you know, might be in the kind of private banking sector? And um, am I dealing with people who, you know, a lot of them work part time and might have side gigs, be entrepreneurs and are looking, you know, on the personal side, but also on the corporate side. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and using the context that you have and the research that it's readily available or easy ways to start and really kind of provide a lot of perspective uh, before you go into the room and start doing it. Yeah. And, and it's all out there on the web. Just as Zach is saying, for those that are not researchers, you have no excuse, especially if you're on social media, not to be researching potential clients or, even potential employers uh, that you may be having to speak in front of. And so um, uh, talk, talk, uh, Zach, more towards like the financial, um, the financial speaking side, like, like how, how is um, the financial, um, the financial businesses and also especially credit unions and banks, like talk about certain trends that you may hear about or being asked certain questions or even where the financial uh, bank systems credit unions included are going like in the future. Yeah. Well, things are changing constantly. I mean, we, we see that just in general. I mean, rates change all the time. It's, it's something that I have to be aware when I go into a presentation, you know, if rates have just changed, I mean, and you know, it, it could happen a couple of days before and I've got to, you know, remember in the middle of the presentation that things have either go up or down or whatever it is. Cause often that those are questions that, that people start with is the rates of things. Um, but also it has to do with, you know, certain promotions that we have going on. Those are always fluctuating, um, you know, different deals and how the services work or the products work. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, yeah, I say that preparation, there's a lot of preparation on the home side too, when it comes to really kind of knowing how the credit union works and know when we can offer people. So if let's say somebody comes up and, you know, has a question about a specific product that could be the right product for them, or maybe there's something else that makes a little bit more financial sense. And if I can, you know, 
actually react to that and deal with their questions just in general. I mean, who knows that they could be even more, you know, even happier with the service that we might be trying to provide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to that point, as a, as a follow-up man, like, do you set uh, your own like uh, monthly or quarterly goals? Like tell, tell people that may be listening that may be in a similar position in their company or organization, like how can they improve their, their uh, output or improve their efficiency in their role? Yeah, yeah. So I do have designated goals that are set by my management. And uh, I say it's not difficult, but the longer you do the job, the more confident. I mean, really, that's kind of what it goes back to. The confidence really does help. I mean, I do presentations four to five times a week and afternoon at that many times. You kind of really get to know it and it becomes easier and you become more, you know, reactable. You can make some changes. There's a little bit more fluidity when it comes to things that might be going on or somebody asks a crazy off the wall question that, you know, if you're still kind of new and everything, it might be harder to react to. So I really just say practice and, you know, meeting those goals, they happen. Now, obviously there's, when it comes to my position, there's a little groundwork and you know, getting the appointments and right. companies and doing all that sort of stuff. When it comes to the pure, you know, talking to people and trying to meet those goals, the preparation, the confidence, the repetition. I mean, I always I always laughed at the whole role playing thing. You know, I'm going to be the customer. You're going to be the person talking. And I always hated that. Right. You know, after so many times and you do get used to it. I mean, there there is some merit to that. I mean, it might be embarrassing or it might be somebody that, you know, or a boss or something that you just don't want to do. I mean, I hated it. But you kind of learn. And if they ask some questions that might come out later on when it's real life, then it, you kind of have a little bit of groundwork to work off. So I, I do suggest it, even though it's miserable. <laughs> like you said, you got to do your due diligence and, and, yeah. and also to hype yourself up. And I know even you as a speaker, um, you may have a certain uh, ritual or maybe a certain thing that you do before you're going to present. Do you like listen to any particular music? Do you, I know some people pray. Some pe- some people may like pat pat the wall two times, do something that's a ritual. Do you have any uh, rituals that that you uh, prepare that you do prepare? You know me. It's, it's sports. It's you know listen to sports radio or something like that. Some fantasy baseball, or some fantasy football stuff on yeah. some podcast. No, really, it's just breathe. I mean, it, if you can kind of work yourself up to being nervous and all that, and there's going to be some jitters, no doubt, but. You know, just take a deep breath and it kind of calms the nerves and everything. And just be confident in what you know and in the presentation that you're going to do. I mean, even if it's your first time, you know the stuff better than most of the people you're, listening, you're telling it to anyway. So you're already at an advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. And even and even with that point, man, because, you know, you know how uh, folks are afraid of giving uh, presentations, let's say, even to their colleagues in the workspace. And also um, just even in advancing their career, like, why do you think, especially you being a young professional and seeing it, especially from a corporate perspective and being in the credit unions and uh, also seeing other corporations? Why do you think people are afraid to speak when they know that they have the information inside of them, but they're just afraid when they get in front of people? that are going to be watching them or judging them. Possibly. I think one of the biggest things is not that confidence in yourself. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that self-confidence is something that people struggle with just in general. I mean, it doesn't even have to do with the public speaking. It is what it is kind of a thing. And uh, I mean, it, it's a matter of, you know, harnessing, you know what you can do and you know the knowledge that you have and just fighting through that self-confidence. And 
or that maybe lack of self-confidence. And again, I say the more times you do it, you get confident and that builds yourself up in general. I mean, we're not even just talking about the presentation itself, but if you, I mean, I can't tell you the feeling when I come out of, you know, a presentation and went really well, and, you know, there were good questions and there was some really good interaction and all that. And you walk out of it and you're just kind of on a high right there. I mean, it's, I say it's kind of comparable to when you make a big sale for those that are in sales, you know, just sort of that big win. But I mean, that's a huge growth for self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that tells the tale uh, what, what my last interviewee said of seeing how many people actually come and talk to you after you present or after you training, because uh, that, that shows that they're interested in catching you offline to ask some personal questions. Yeah. Which, which leads me to my next point. Like when, it comes to especially you presenting in front of not necessarily the 250 uh, amount of people, but even the small intimate settings like your your whole your whole purpose is, of course, to like real reel them into your service for, for the credit union at Georgia's own. But how do you like designate how much time you give certain people? Do you do you have a, a certain time limit that you may talk to them if they're not serious about uh, following up with the process or the application? being being completed like what's your what's your step by step for that yeah yeah so when it comes to the main you know financial wellness seminar that i do and i enjoy the most it's i've built about 45 minutes of time into it Mm -hmm. Um, that leaves about 30 35 minutes for the material and then you know 10 to 15 minutes of group questions you know a lot of people have general questions that they're not afraid to ask and i always give the opportunity because there always is but that also kind of leaves that 15 minutes to complete the hour for people to come up and ask questions that, you know, they don't want to ask in front of their coworkers or that sort of thing, especially if it's a, you know, maybe an embarrassing personal thing. I mean, everyone goes through different things when it comes to life and especially in their financial landscape. And, you know, that can be difficult to, you know, stand up and say, oh, I had this problem. And, you know, it's everybody. It's the people you see every day. So that's really difficult. Yeah. Um but uh, I mean, like your other speaker said, I mean, if somebody comes up specifically on their own afterwards, that's also a pretty good feeling because it shows that, you know, they want to learn something else or maybe apply it to something that they're dealing with on that personal side. So um, that's kind of the step process I use. You know, I have a set time of how I want the presentation, how long I want the presentation to be. But then I've got some, you know, Q&A built in because especially in the service that I deal with, it's there's always some questions. Yeah, always. And, and that's that's key. Even when you've spoken to, to my staff and even um, I know in general, folks always have questions about their finances and all all of us don't know about financial uh, wellness or even financial education. So like that, that you know the Pythagorean theorem that was taught, you know, that yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously, man. And, and that even leads to like the, the next point, which is even something that I know. I need to I need to get better at from a business perspective. Like, how do you approach the follow up, uh, bro? Like when people are saying like they want to contact you or that they want to be a part of the Georgia's own family um, and they, of course, want want to have a follow up. Like, how do you go about who you follow up on? How how much time you let linger after they see you face to face with the presentation? Like, what's your process of the follow up? Yeah, yeah. So I try to, you know, my schedule's pretty busy, but I I try to, as long as there's somebody that's in need, especially while I'm already there, I try to handle as much as I can, you know, just in general. Um, But, you know, if someone does reach out later on, I I do have the flexibility to be able to, I have a work phone so I can respond to, you know, emails and people that might reach out just in general. Um, But even if it's something that we can't help them with, everybody's important in my eyes. And that's kind of, 
that service aspect of a nonprofit, which is a credit union, is we try to differentiate ourselves a little bit by, you know, doing whatever we can on that service side. So, you know, somebody could, you know, reach out and it could be something negative. I mean, and I want the feedback as well. So I'm going to respond to everybody. But um, I mean, especially if it's a question on a product, I'm, I'm reaching out as, as soon as I can. Um, if anybody's in need kind of a thing, that's <laughs> I try to satisfy that. Right. And that's that's a huge uh, part that a lot of speakers, even myself included. And I know you could you could attest to this. Uh, they may excuse me. They may miss the importance of the follow up because the, the stage and the platform of speaking and presenting is just to reel people in. But really, if they don't make a decision after they hear you speak like the the um, the whole the whole point of doing that is a loss because you were just speaking, even if they even if they were interested, they were looking at you clapping like the whole goal, of course, is to allow them to uh, want to participate in your services for Georgia's own speaker selling their product. So when it comes to when it comes to that, like like how do you deal not necessarily with the loss or the failure of not having people uh, that want to participate? But how do you like psych yourself up? to let, to let uh, yourself not get down. The people are hearing great information. They're hearing great services, but they end up not basically signing up or not. Yeah. Wanting to be a part of I it. mean, it's not all, you know, smiles and rainbows and that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, I can't tell you there's been many times where it didn't go well. I mean, in that landscape, you don't know who you're dealing with. It could be a group of really quiet people and they just, you know, nod and thank you for doing it and walk out the room, you know, like that sort of thing. And you yeah. deal with those all the time. And, you can look at, you kind of do a little analysis. What did you do? You know, did you see something different on the presentation? Maybe, you know, with that type of people, depending on their job or anything, maybe you can change the presentation up a little bit. I mean, you've got to be kind of flexible on that and, and understand that, especially in my situation, that it's a, it's a good product and it's a nonprofit that I'm, I'm talking about. So there's kind of a, kind of a foundation that I get to work on where even if it doesn't go as well as I wanted it to go, there's, there's always still a step forward that you can take when it comes to, well, how will I do this differently? I mean, if I come back to this company and um, how can I, you know, maybe provide a little bit more engagement or maybe I need to talk about something different when it comes to their needs. So it's all learning. I mean, even all of them aren't positive, like I said. So it's taking those negative ones and trying to learn something from it and see how you can do, you know, better the next time. Yeah. And that's a huge, that's a huge component of speaking. Um, as you already know, and, and definitely I know, bro, is how are, how are people that are speaking evaluating whether their uh, presentation or their delivery was on point or was successful? Because even a lot of people, they may sign up, let's say they may sign up uh, with you, but then, later on down the line they're like nah i'm good off of that like i need to keep keep it moving and go to a big bank or something like that when it when it comes to evaluating or reviewing that's a huge uh, piece that a lot of speakers and presenters don't do and so with, with you especially you're in a critical position because you get to stand in front of like multiple um multiple crowds that are different in age groups and things of that nature do you uh, have people that are like our age, young professionals, do they look at you any different than some of the older people that may be like 50 and up or 45 and up? Or how, how do they how do they approach you when they hear you speaking in public? Yeah, yeah. So especially in my position, I've got to be very flexible. I mean, if I'm talking to a bunch of 20 year olds, I'm going to do the presentation a little bit different. Um, if I'm talking to a whole different age group, I mean, it's going to change across the board. 
So, I mean, when it comes to the younger people, I think it, it's there's a little bit more foundation to trust there because I'm closer to their age and I'm talking about finances. And that's not something that they, again, were taught. Um, if someone comes in that's, you know, a little bit older than me or something like that, there, there could be that parent aspect to it, but it's not as relatable. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, vice versa. I mean, we did mention that sometimes people find it hard to kind of trust a young person when it comes in this industry. So if I'm talking to a group that, you know, might be closer to retirement and here comes this, you know, 28 year old kid who's come about to talk about what they should do for their retirement or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've got to do the presentation a little bit differently on that one. Um, uh, you know, I might have to try to work hard a little bit or work harder for that trust a little bit more. And, you know, I, like I said, that flexibility is, is neat. And the preparation again, I mean, if I know I'm going to be talking to a bunch of 20 year olds, you know, might try to be funny or something like that. I don't know. Something that's a little bit more relatable. So it, you've got to have some things built in where you can, you know, take a left instead of a right in this at this product or this service or something like that. And it really just, again, kind of builds down that preparation side of it. Yeah. And that's something speakers miss the mark, not knowing their audience, bro. That's that's a huge uh, proponent that we're, we're even going to be talking tomorrow with another another interviewee with um, being a Toastmaster. Like that's one thing I learned. You have to study and know your audience. You can't just be giving the same delivery if they're looking at you with the glaze, clear <laughs> dry eyes, uh, Bill Nye type type um, look, because you have to be able to draw your audience in. And, yeah. so, and so like in taking care of yourself, even knowing um, your health is important, regardless of what your job is requiring of you, you know, you're going to be speaking in front of a lot of people, let's say in a month, like how do you prepare uh, yourself health wise? Do you drink tea afterward? Do you drink a lot of water? Like what's your regimens? Uh, water is my best friend. <laughs> I, I always like to eat. I'll bring some with me if I don't think it's going to be available at the thing, you know, just clear the throat and wet the whistle, you know, that sort of thing. But I mean, when I go into a situation, it, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot. You, you know, you never know the situation you're going to be in. So uh, you kind of just adapt. I mean, I, I'm not up there for too much long or for too long, so I don't have to really worry about some things that badly. But, you know, always have some water with you. You never you never realize you might start choking on some. And then if you don't have any water, what are you going to do? Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. have some liquid, especially if, if people are taking your attention away. What about mints? Do you travel with mints? I always ask speakers, do you have mints? Yeah. Or I keep gum. Uh, I'm a gum person. Now, of course, I'm not going to chew it when I'm doing the presentation, but uh, no, I, I'm a gum person. Always have been. I don't know. I'm, I'm a fidgeter. So I guess that kind of that helps out with that a little bit. But um, hey, you got to have a little bit of fresh breath, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's a huge that's a huge thing. Uh, can't be having salty or fishy breath talking to new clients or, or stale breath. You got to keep it fresh. Yeah. So even so, even with speaking, because um, I, I still know folks that may be watching. Thank you, uh, 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 Messenger X, Brother Silencer, for tuning in. I, I see we got a few more. Thank you, Thurman, for tuning in. Um, how how is speaking like diversifying your career? Because uh, I know some people that may be watching may not want to be a professional speaker or may not want to, let's say, uh, be a marketing or brand ambassador for their organization or company that they work for? How can you like pivot being a, a, a successful or an efficient speaker into like another career field or even into another position in your company? What would you tell? 
I say it's a great question because you're no matter what you're talking about, whether it's, you know, the finance industry or, or whatever it is, you're selling yourself. And, you know, if you practice and learn how to sell yourself and that helps you no matter the situation, whether it's interviews or I mean, whatever, because that presentation side, whether it's, you know, in school or anything, it's literally just selling yourself. I mean, you're talking about a product, but you're the one presenting it and that's you're the one that's displaying it. So, I mean, it, it, no matter the career, if you're able to talk in front of people, if you're able to have basically it's just a conversation, just you're talking to a lot of people at one time. If you're able to have that conversation, you know, that's going to open things, open many doors up just in general. Uh, the example that jumps to, to my head is, you know, we're involved with, you know, we try to do a bunch of stuff in the community just in general. And um, when the government shutdown stuff happened, uh, we partnered with a local gas station to give some gas to TSA workers. Wow. And we had multiple locations around the airport that we we went to and, of course, some news outlets showed up to the one that I was at, which is the one that we didn't necessarily prepare for. So now they're in a scramble trying to figure out somebody to talk. And, you know, I, I talk every day. So really, it kind of came down to, you know, if, if they have any questions or anything, can you handle it? And it's really just that flexibility to be able to answer those questions and deal with things that come up. So that was kind of a funny situation. But uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a very real life uh, scenario because. Certain people that may be in higher positions uh, in our companies and, and organizations that we work for, uh, they may not be confident in their speaking. And so you are the go to person or, or I may be or someone else may be the go to person. So that means that they can trust you. They know that if the cameras are here, I need to send Zach uh, to speak on behalf of the company or the organization. So that's a, that's a huge asset, which uh, companies nowadays uh, they need those faces that are, are, are young, especially in and uh, able to speak eloquently in front of people. And, I and it would have gone well, but I mean, I was still willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you said, man, that's huge about career advancement. And so for, do, for those as we as we wind down shortly, man, uh, they didn't they may have missed the, the last segment uh, where you were explaining the difference between credit unions and banks. Like talk a little bit about. Uh, what Georgia's own um, uh, stands for, especially here in the uh, the Georgia or greater Atlanta area, and then like let them know what the difference is between traditional banks and credit unions. Yeah, yeah. So the very simple version is a credit union is a nonprofit financial institution. Now that's kind of just a blanket statement, but the actual meaning of it is there tends to be less fees and restrictions on their personal account side, and the interest rates tend to be better on the loans. So there's multiple ways for people to save money, money, whether you're, you know, trying to build your credit and get back in good standing or whether you're just trying to save some money on some of your bigger purchases. So um, that's basically what I talk about every day is that benefit side. Now, I work in our partner relationship section. So I go out and, like I said, on the presentation part, I talk to employers, employees um, and talk about what those benefits are. Um, but if you you know aren't familiar with credit unions or anything like that, it's there's some simple research that you can do and see if you can save some money because I mean everybody needs that that dollar in their pocket and if we can save you money on that monthly surcharge or closing costs alone or something like that, then it's easy money right there. Yeah, yeah, and you ain't got to drop all the jewels for for all of the benefits because they can go to the website and definitely oh, watch. <laughs> but talk really quick, just some quick tweets about what are some of the benefits of Georgia's own credit union. Yeah, yeah. So the technology is pretty much all the same. Mobile check deposits. I mean, the full service mobile app. I mean, 
all that's the same. Uh, one of the things that I like to bring up is the accessibility. Um, that's always a question that I get in my landscape because, you know, they're, oh, there's a bank on every corner. What am I supposed to do? I mean, we're the second largest in the state, second, third, just kind of depending on where we are. But we've got 23 branches. But that accessibility is so much larger. We're partnered with credit unions all across the state um, and the country, actually, that you can use their branches for free. Uh, and then every, you know, everybody uses ATMs and we're part of one of the largest networks in the country when it comes to surcharge free ATMs, uh, Publix, CVS, Walgreens, Kroger, Costco. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's close to 93,000 surcharge free ATMs, which is what most of your large banks can claim. So there's some on every corner that you can get, get easy access to your money. But uh, really the main benefit is that way to sell you on the, or to, you know, or to save you money on the personal account side and the lending side. And it sounds simple. It really is simple. <laughs> People always ask what the catch is, but I mean, it's a nonprofit institution that's just trying to give back. Yeah. Um, and the last part is that community side, um, the community involvement side, which I did kind of mention, but we do things all the time. I mean, Boys and Girls Club is one of the big ones, but, you know, we're with United Way and Children's Miracle Network. I mean, we do a lot of work not only on the financial side, but on just the volunteer side. So, you know, that your money's not going to some private jet flight to Fiji for a CEO or something like that. It's going back into the community that you live in. And that kind of it helps out things a lot. Y'all give out even scholarships, too, right? So, so we do. We do. We have a scholarship program for, uh, you know, prospective college students to submit and try to help them out just on that, that school side. And we try to support people in as many ways as we can. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm definitely a, um, a Delta community uh, a credit holder, but just like Zach was pointing out, uh, we're one of Georgia's own uh, partners. And I'm actually looking, as I told Zach last time we were interviewing him, that I definitely want to do a business account or a separate business account through Georgia's own credit union. Uh, in service. You got to, you got to have your, your money put in different places. You can't just have it in the big banks because if they shut down again or even if banks shut down, you never want to have all of your money just in one place. Well, that happened a couple of years ago. I, I'm not going to name the, the bank itself, but it closed down. A lot of the customers didn't know what to do, and it was a terrible situation. You know, can't access your money. I, I mean, what, what do you do? So to have your money kind of spread out a little bit is, is definitely safe, especially – if one of those institutions might be able to save you money in some other ways too. Yeah. And even Caitlin said, for those that do not know about um, credit unions, especially Georgia's own, she's used it overseas. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can still use it outside of the U S there's no excuse to just yeah. have a big bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, all the big dogs. You, you can, you can still uh, have a lot of advantages overseas with travel. Yeah. It's uh, pretty much the same. Yeah, man. Yeah. So as, as we get ready to close, close in a second with your final jewel, man, you know how we always have uh, the, the co-host or presenter uh, leave a final jewel. Like, how can people get in contact with you if they want to sign up uh, now that they've heard, especially from you uh, being a representative of Georgia's own credit union? Uh, what are some ways they can touch base with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can send me a message on Facebook. I mean, I'm tagged in the link of this video and everything. But if you wanted to send a more official email, you can send one of my work email and we'll talk whatever you need. Uh, my, I can post my work email in the comment section and everything too. So please let me know uh, if you have just general questions at all. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not required to join or anything like that. But if there's some situation that you don't necessarily know who to go to and you've got a question on the finance side, please just let me know because 
I'll do what I can to help. Absolutely, man. And so uh, it's, it's, of course, been a pleasure uh, serving with you again on, on round two, man. We, we're going to have you back, I know, uh, probably uh, soon uh, before the end of the year. But for those people uh, that may be watching or listening in that are looking again to whether it's increase their speaking skills or their confidence in their professional career, or whether it's for uh, them going into entrepreneurship, Mm-hmm. And the brand of selling themselves as an actual asset and a, and a valid product. Um, like what, what would you tell those people who may be afraid uh, to step out and, and, and grow in that arena of public speaking? Well, I mean, like I said, it's just selling yourself. Now, e- even if you're nervous and everything going into it, um, it it's really not that bad. It's going to be over real quick. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. You know, try to make them laugh. If you stutter on your speech or whatever, nobody cares. I mean, think about yourself when you're sitting in a presentation and, you know, somebody messes up. You're not judging that person and saying they're just stupid or something like that. You know, I mean, it's the same situation. They're going to respect you the vast majority of the time and you're providing them some information. Now, you know, no matter the product, no matter whatever the subject is, you're obviously there for a reason. You know, don't worry about it. I mean, it's just selling yourself. Just be confident, which, of course, is easier said than done. But <laughs> <laughs> but you've given them tips that they need to do in order to prepare. So it's all about starting somewhere uh, and, and making sure that they're preparing. Because if you're not preparing, you're not ever going to know the information to be confident, like Zach said. So my so my final jewel for the, for the evening uh, would be uh, definitely know that speaking is an art. It's not something that people are just born with from the great Tony Robbins to Zig Ziglar's, John Maxwell, E.T. the hip hop preacher, um, Les Brown, you name it. Some of the some of the, the gurus of public speaking, Brian Stacy um, or Brian Tracy, I'm sorry. They they had to start somewhere. And a lot of them, they were working on their speaking while they were working in a company or working for a business. And they pivoted. Uh, into a professional speaking career. And so public speaking is not just to be used or professional speaking just for your employer. Uh, you're public speaking when you talk in the community. You're public speaking when you talk at church, at family unions. Um, so don't just uh, think of public speaking only for a work purpose because it's used in so many other ways that you don't think about. And people, they know who are great public speakers and who are trash public speakers. <laughs> Because as you heard Zach say, he was tapped on the shoulder because his company trusted him to be a great representation for their their business uh, to speak in front of a news channel. So what I what I pose as a final question, who will call on you to speak, to be able to uh, talk on behalf of the, the person at the funeral that, that may have passed a wedding? Like, think about who will call on you and why should they call on you? That's that's a jewel that I leave with you all. Who and why should people call on you to speak? What do you have to say when you open your mouth? Uh, this, this is King Jewels uh, signing off. This is episode 19. Uh, I've been on the line with Zach Weidman talking all things uh, public speaking from a recruitment and ambassador standpoint for Georgia's own credit union. Man, it's been a pleasure serving with you, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yo, we're going to be back soon, man, and we'll be in touch, bro. I appreciate you. Just let me know. All right, man. Peace. Take it easy, buddy.